Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. Praise the Lord. Okay, hold up. We can't, we can't start like that. Okay, when I say something, you're supposed to talk back to me, okay? So, praise the Lord. Listen, if you don't get better, we're going to be, all, I know we only got a half an hour, but we'll get real, real long and have extended, and the Holy Spirit will extend us. So, when I talk back, I want you to talk back to me because this is more of a relationship um, interaction. I'm not going to be a talking head. Is that okay? So, let's go prayer quick. Spirit of the living God, let your rain drop from heaven for fresh upon your people. Spirit of living God, let your rain drop from heaven for fresh upon your word. Spirit of living God, let your rain drop from heaven for your servant this morning. Lord, let me decrease that your spirit might increase. I pray, God, for transparency they might see through me to see your son. But, Father, just in case they stop at your servant, please turn your servant to a detour sign that I may show them the way to the cross. Because, God, this is absolutely nothing about me. This is completely all about you. And because this is completely all about you and nothing about me, I pray for three things this morning. I pray for challenge. I pray for conviction, and, oh God, I pray for spirit of change. For if your people are challenged and convicted by your word, they will be changed by the same power of that same word. Let your spirit have the right of way. Let your Shekinah glory continue to minister to this temple. And, God, please, accept this offering today. I present to you in our sight, O oh Lord and my Redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Are you Darby and his uncle wanted to become rich? So back in the 1800s, R.U. Darby and his son, his, his uncle, decided to go to San Francisco and get a gold mine. They got the gold mine from their families and getting money from their families and to invest in this new gold mine project because they just want to go get rich. They got, they got to San Francisco, started digging, and lo and behold, they struck it rich. Got some money, got some gold, went back home and said, hey, y'all, here's the money. Guess what? We want to buy a bigger piece of property. Give us some more money. We'll go back there, get a new, new claim, and get, we all get rich and be happy. The family believed it, gave R.U. Darby's uncle some more money. They went back to, to San Francisco to strike it rich again. Well, throughout the entire year, they kept digging and digging and digging and digging and no gold. This time, they wasn't as lucky as the first time, but they kept digging and digging and digging. Every week, they would go down to the, corner, to, to the convenience store and, and talk to the clerk about, about their troubles and their struggles, about how this time wasn't as good as the last time. Each week, they would go back and forth and on, the way to, on, on the way to the convenience store and tell a guy about how they wasn't striking rich, they wasn't getting the gold, they wasn't getting the gold. All of a sudden, they ran out of money. Went down to the convenience store and said, listen, we're flat broke. We're done. We won't have enough money to get back home. If you give us $200, you can have this piece of, this piece of junk, this mine, and you can go. Because the guy wanted always to be a miner. He wanted to, his heart, his soul was about being a miner. He wanted to own a gold mine. He, he, he studied, he, he really wanted, but he couldn't afford it. R.U. Darbin's uncle gave him this gold mine for $200. They went back to San they went back home in defeat, in depressing, that they couldn't return the investment their family gave them. But three months later, I heard an article in the paper that a convenience store clerk had just hit the richest ore ever in San Francisco. 
Ayudai was depressed and ran back there and said, man, what happened? Did you buy a new claim? He said, no, no, no. The same claim you had, I use. So what happened? He said, see, I studied gold. I studied mining. And, and, and see, gold runs this north and south. It also runs east and west. It also runs, he said, and what happened is you guys were hitting an ore that was going, that was going parallel. There was an ore three feet from where you stopped digging. If you had just moved three feet and went up, you'd hit the biggest ore there ever was. Some of you right here, right now, are digging in the wrong places, are digging in places and situations that you don't know. You're trying to figure out, God, what am I to do? And you're digging and digging and digging. And God's saying, if you just move three feet and look up, what you really want to have in life might be right where you need to be at. In a book of Isaiah, the same story happens to a young, to a prophet who spent his entire life mesmerized by King Uzziah. Just blown away by how Uzzah was such an amazing man, an amazing general, he was an amazing king. He spent his entire young life writing articles about how great this man was. And all of a sudden, God showed up. The sixth chapter says here, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now, when I first read the text, I said, man, you mean you've been preaching for 20, for 20 years and you just saw God once Uzziah died? because he was digging in the wrong place. His eyes were at the wrong place. So this morning I wanna ask you, what do you see? And who do you see? Are you caught up in the, in the eyes of the culture? Are you caught up in what's going around you? Or do you see God for who he really is? Who do you see? Isaiah saw Uzziah. Uzziah was a military beast, he was a monster. I mean, he, he, he had batter rams, he had slings. I mean, he was a, in 2 Chronicles 26, he tells you all the things that Uzziah made and Uzziah did. He was absolutely off the chart. He was, he was, he was Arnold Schwarzenegger on steroids. He was amazing for us, just blowing stuff up. He was, he was a, he, he was a, a Jerome Patton, just like, ah! But still, Uzz, Isaiah, who should have been a prophet, was writing about all the things he did instead of writing about what the Lord was saying. And too many times we let the culture get into our hearts instead of what God is saying. And sometimes God will kill your gods that you can see him because you're digging in the wrong place. So the text says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. Here's the first point I want you to understand. When you get a proper vision of God, the first thing he does, he gives you an upward vision of who he is. The first thing when you see God in the right context, he gives you a proper vision of who he is in the right place. He saw God high and lifted up. He didn't see God as just some guy he can just talk to. He didn't see God as just some religious duty he did as being a priest. He saw God high and lifted up. Now, listen, Isaiah, the whole time he's, he's following Uzziah around and, and this thing, he was doing all his temple stuff. He was going to the temple, he was making sacrifices, but he didn't see God. He saw what? Uzzah, how many of you here today do all the religious stuff, all the religious activities, all the religious things, your your, your dearly seven, you get up in the morning, read your Bible, pray, go to to eat, pray, go home, do your devotion, pray, go to bed, give it in the morning, do devotion, go eat, pray, go home, do devotion, go sleep, pray. The same, you do it every single day, always, because why? It's what you've been taught to do. 
It's your religious daily seven. But guess what? You haven't really seen God in the right perspective because why? He's not high and lifted up in your life because you got your eyes on so many other things. You're at the greatest spot in the world because right now you're young and you're seeing things. Man, I wish I could go back in time and tell me at 18, boy, pay attention. Because how many know now? Because see, when you get my age and you start looking back, you wish somebody came and told you, wake up, don't go out. Well, so I didn't go to a seminary when I was your age. I was still on the dark side. So some of you may not understand what I mean by the dark side, but I was on the dark side of life in college. And so you guys are blessed to be here. But I don't want you to become a Pharisee here. Become so Phariseeic you miss God. Become so religious-minded, you miss God. Become so religious, you don't have a relationship with God because you don't see God in the right place. He said, I saw God high and lit up, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood six seraphims. Each one had six wings, and two covered his feet, and two he, he, two he flew. And one cried to another, saying, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. How do you see God? In the midst of this society, in the midst of what's going on in America, in the midst of going on in this culture, do you think God is still all powerful? Do you think God is still all knowing? you think God is still amazing? All God, you're saying like some people saying, God, where are you? How can there be a God when there's so much poverty? How can there be a God when there's so much shooting and killing? How, God, where are you? God, are you asleep? Are you, are you there? Where are you? You can't be this God in the Bible because you're not showing up. Beloved, he is every day. The issue is don't let culture pull you down to see culture and don't lift your eyes up to see God. God is still high and lifted up. God is still on the throne. The issue is if you don't see God in the right perspective, you stop seeing the hand of a mighty God. The text is in verse 4. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. The house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. Once God gives you an upward vision of him, he always gives you an inner vision of yourself. Once God gives you an upward vision of him, he always gives you an inner vision of yourself. Here's the prophet saying, I'm undone. Woe is me. I'm, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. Hold up. Aren't you a preacher? Aren't you a prophet? How are you a man of unclean lips? And you also dwell with people of unclean lips. That means, who are you hanging out with? Who are you associate? Do you realize that your five closest friends will make you like them? So choose wisely those five friends. Whoever you run with, the five closest friends that you run with, you will become like. So choose wisely. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell with people of unclean lips lips. When you see God as a God that'll pull you from here and send you all the way to San Diego, I said, you, oh, I'm from New York, and God, and, and, and literally, I dislike California. I don't like California. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am, I am, I bleed blue. I mean, I love New York. I love the Yankees. I love the Giants. I love the Knicks. I love the Jets. I love the Islanders. I love the Rangers. I mean, I, I love the, the Cosmos and the Apples. I love New York. And coming to California was a curse from God. 
I said, God, you gotta be kidding me. Send me back to the hood. He said, no, I want you to go straight to California. And I went down to the worst city in the world, San Diego, with a team called the Chargers. What in the world are you doing, God? They haven't won nothing. I'm from a city that wins all the time, and I'm coming to the dungeon of San Diego where they win nothing? This is not right. God, you, what are you doing? He said, go, guess what? Go there and teach the word. I said, you have to be out your mind. And I went to San Diego, and I, I hate San Diego, but the weather is so nice. <laughs> so someone got to suffer for Jesus, and I guess I have to suffer for Jesus in San Diego. Jesus' name, praise God. You want to get called? Get called to San Diego. I'm not lying. It's suffering in a whole nother level of suffering. I'm telling you, it's, it's pray, thank you, Jesus. But when you see God, you see, realize, see, some of us, you, I didn't grow up in church my whole life. I mean, I went to, I went to Cap School my entire life. Um, I was called to preach when I was five years old, and I, and I ran from the calling like a I just ran from the calling. I was in Catholicism, was a Catholic school. I wanted to be an altar boy until I found out you couldn't get married, so cancel that one. And so <laughs> I just kept doing, you know, the normal religious stuff. When we went to church on Easter, Mother's Day and Christmas, you know, the normal things that we did when church with my grandmother. And but in five years, I got caught up with God, and, and it never kept being nurtured. So all my life, I kept ran and ran and ran from God. I wasn't a great student. I, I, I finished high school with a 2.7, but I had straight A's in one class, one class only, religion. Yeah, and PE. Yeah, I was, I was a stud. I, 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 so I had two A's, PE and religion, and that was it. And I hated school. This, I have a learning disability, a speech impediment, and I stutter. And, I, and I went to, I've been to summer school every year from first grade to 12th grade. Every summer, I spent six weeks relearning what I just learned, what I, what I didn't learn in school every year for my entire education year. So when God said, well, you gotta get saved, go to school. Are you crazy? Why would I wanna go back to the most, to, to, to the most dreaded place in the world, school? Because you said you can't teach people about me if you don't know me. So I went back to school, got into his word, because I realized I didn't matter anymore. It was all about telling people about an amazing God who loved me in spite of me. I went back and learned about how he was, a, he, he was a, 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 an amazing, he was a cornerstone, he was a, the Lion of Judah, he was a, he was a tribe, he was a Rose of Sharon, he was an amazing God that loved me so much in spite of how, how I, I was and my desires. He still sent a son to die for me. I found out about a God that loved me in spite of my issues and my problems that he still was crazy about me. And when I found out that God, it blew me away. I got three days in college, because why? I wasn't studying for my mother. I wasn't studying for my father. I was studying for God. I realized that God was worth finding out. It was worth taking those Greek classes and, 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 and not sleeping at night because Greek is crazy. And Hebrew is even worse. And, and, and New, Old Testament theology, New Testament theology, and all the, reading those old European guys, it's just, ugh, just, it was just terrible. But, 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 but you do it because why? You find out that you serve a God that's amazing. He says here, let's see. He says, I'm a, I, I'm a man of unclean lips. Unclean lips really mean a man of unclean heart. Out of, the, out of the mouth flows the issues of the heart. Here's this preacher says, my heart was wrong. My religious, my religious heart was wrong. My views about people were wrong. 
How do you see people? In this religious setting, you have an understanding of what sin is and what people are. Have you got so far from them, you can't, you might say, well, pastor, I'm young. I'm right. Well, if you're young and a Pharisee, you really don't know. But if you're young and relational and you actually get in the grind and the dirt with those who don't think like you, who don't act like you, who don't want to be around you because you're so holy, you're no fun. In, in, in African American churches, we have people that are really, really. Um, you ever met a super, a really, 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 really um, Jesus nut? A person, a Jesus nut? Anybody met this kind of person? I mean, a Jesus nut. Well, see, in, in African American church, we got guys that we have people when they go shopping, they pray over the chicken. They want, they, they want to get holy chicken, holy cornflakes, holy milk. Like, God, which chicken should I touch? Which, no, hold up, just buy the chicken. This, 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 the chicken's dead. It's not holy. There's no anointing in the chicken. Just buy and fry the chicken. And they want, the, they want holy fish and holy chicken and holy green beans, holy cabbage. Just buy the food and stop praying. Come on. You remember every time you call me, go, praise God. No, wait a minute. This is not a praise God moment. Just say hi. Those people drive you crazy. They're weird Christians. You might know a weird Christian. If it's you, just keep looking forward. Because sometimes they're just, they're, just, they're, just, they're just weird people. Why? Because they see God in a whole different light, but they never see people for who they are. And he says, my heart's wrong because my heart's wrong, my mouth's wrong. I can't connect with people. I can't connect with people around because I see them not in the same level because I'm way above them. And when I see them, I don't see them as people that God loves. I don't see them as people that God needs. I don't see him as anybody because I don't see them the way God sees me. But he says, he realized, in the presence of Almighty God, I'm nothing. In the presence of Almighty God, I'm a wretch. Then look at the text, verse 6 says, The one of the serpents flew to me, having in his hand a, a live coal from which he had taken from the throne, from the throngs, from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it. And said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us, the triune God? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, go and tell this people. Listen, once God gives you a clear upward vision of who he is, and once God gives you a clear inner vision of who you are, God always gives you an outward vision about his people. He said, go and tell them, keep on hearing, but do not understand. You keep on seeing, but do not perceive. People around us right now, they're hearing a lot of nonsense, but they're not learning. They're seeing a lot of stuff, but they're not seeing. God says, go tell them what I've just told you, to look deeper, to look higher, to look inner, and see who you really are and see who God is. And when you see God in the right place, when you see yourself in the right place, you'll see people right where they are, hurting, alone, depressed, down, distraught. 
You realize that you're in your age group, suicide rate is huge because you walk by people every day who are lonely, who are hurting. But because we're so busy with iPhone and, and Android and, and a Samsung 7, hope we don't have any, I don't want them to get on fire. And, and all that stuff going on, and you forget that. You know what? There's people who need God. Because you're so consumed with the world and society, you miss the person next door. Listen, the reason why I love coming to, to schools, you are 100% our future. If we lose you, we lose the game. You are a game changer. But if you stop dreaming and stop having vision, a vision is nothing but a dream with legs on it. That's it. A vision is nothing but a dream with legs on it. When the last time you have dreamed about God using you? Using you in the story, not being a preacher, just being a great engineer, a great doctor, a great MBA, a great lawyer, just being great at where you are and where you are telling people about a God that's crazy about them right where they are. Because when you do that, we can then change the culture. We can then change society. And God is waiting on people like you, the next generation, to see him in the right perspective and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Some of you are preachers here and you're, going, you're taking preacher class, you're going to be a pastor. Do not get caught up in the hype. Don't want to be the next next. No, be the best you. Be the best you can be. Don't assume I'm going to start a church and have thousands overnight. It's not going to happen. Why? People are crazy and they're sinners. And most sinners don't like us. Because why? We're weird. And when we learn to be normal, that we can relate to them, they might relate to our God. Because we don't relate to them well, because we see them at a, at, a, at a different place, they won't see our God at the right place. But I need you to go to people, to go to Miguel, and just tell Miguel, how you doing? What's up? What are you thinking? Don't thump Miguel about um, um, Calvinism and Arminianism and eschatology and, and sotology. He don't know, he don't know how to spell that. Just tell Miguel that Jesus loves him. We get so caught up in all the, the theological stuff, we miss the main thing. Miguel's is a sinner who needs Jesus. Don't get so deep in God's word that you're so shallow, you can't tell your neighbor that Christ loves them. Here am I, send me. And tell them what, God? Tell them that my son is crazy about them and that he loves them just the way they are. You come to learn all this amazing knowledge. Take that knowledge and chop it down where they can eat it and learn that Jesus Christ loves them just the way they are. Because why? He doesn't make junk. If Jesus Christ made junk, why did he make us? The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, we are the apple of God's eye. The Bible says in Genesis, we are blessed to be a blessing. So everyone you meet is fearfully and wonderfully made. Everyone you meet is the apple of God's eye. Everyone you meet is blessed to be a blessing. They're just in a sinful state. I tell people all the time, when you come to our church and join our church, don't change nothing because you just might change the wrong thing. I have, I have this one guy in our church. He's a, he's a big, he was a thug, a big thug. 
He was like, I don't know if you, well, he was like tiny, this guy named Tiny, and, and he's, this, Tiny's like six, nine, you know, no Tiny? And he's this huge, Tiny's like six, nine. So this guy's like six, four, like 360. He's huge. And he, he, was, he, he, he ran cell block D. And so when we first met him, he came, he comes in there, and people, and, and the women are like this here. Because, you know, he was from cell block what? D. And, and, and me and him got along because, you know, I got issues. And, 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 and we would hang out, we would talk, and, 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 and I treated him like a human being. Like he was just a normal guy who was just big. And, 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 and tattoos from here to his toes. I mean, and he had long hair. He was, he was, he was, he was a Samoan. So he's huge and thick. I'm like, please, don't get crazy because... Because in Jesus, I got to lay hands on you in a whole different way that I don't want to do. And, 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 and everybody was scared of him, but I wasn't scared of him. Because why? I knew God. And so he gets saved, and then this other guy comes to get saved. And, and, and one day, we're talking, and this other guy gets saved, comes in the office, and locks, and gets my office. He comes in the office, and he slams the door and locks the door. This guy is a thug at a whole nother level, Dr. I mean, he, I mean, he's like major. I mean, he got wild hair. He smelled like he smelled like he just been smoking a pipe, and he's, he's drunk. And, and he has me locked in my office and saying, hey, I want to know about this God. And, and my wife's going, get open the door, open the door, open the door. Somebody, he's in, there with, he's in there with a crazy guy. So she's freaking out because she's worried about this guy going to fight me. But she didn't realize that I had my hand on, I had my hand on a cop machine. So in case he got crazy, he was going to get, you know, I was going to, you know, bless him in Jesus' name with a cop machine. So, so, I was, so, so I was good. So I was good. You know, I'm, 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 I'm still holy, but I, but I ain't crazy. But, you know, I, I know I'm still good. You know, David had a sword. I had a cop machine. So I was okay. So I was ready to go. And so he, he, he said, tell me about this Jesus that you say you know. Because you like me. You a thug. I said, yeah. <laughs> so I told him about Jesus. And, and I, I said, remember, remember when you were on the street? He said, yeah. And you, had, you, you were on the set? Yeah, and you took care of your turf, right? He said, yeah. I said, I saw, I saw Jesus. I said, you're a part of the turf. You're part of my disciples. You're part of my crew. And I'm, I'm, you're one of my lieutenants, and I'm the, I'm the chief. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the roller. I want you part of my gang, and I want you to take what you know and go back to your gang and bring them back to church. I don't want you to change how you look. I want you to change how you are because, see, if you put on a suit, you can't reach your people. You put on a, 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 a get all suited up, you can't reach who you need to reach. So stay the same where you are, except now gangbang for my Jesus. And guess what? When you start getting gangbangers for Jesus, all of a sudden, you get a whole lot of gangbangers in your church. <laughs> and, 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 and all of a sudden, you know why? Because I led, I can't say his name, he might be watching. I led Paul the Christ. When I led Paul the Christ, Paul went and led John the Christ. Because I led Paul the Christ, Paul led John the Christ. John went home and told his father about Christ. He came to Christ. Because I led John to Christ, who led Paul the Christ, who led John the Christ, who got his home saved, now that house went to the neighbor because I led John the Christ. 
Because I led John to Christ, who led Paul to Christ, who led, who led John to Christ, who led his neighbor to Christ, the neighbor went next door and got Miguel safe. Because I led John to Christ, who got Paul to Christ, who got Joey to Christ, who saved his neighbor, who neighbor went and got his, his, his neighbor saved, all of a sudden, now the streets is saved because I led John to Christ. Because I let John to Christ, who let Paul to Christ, who let Jose to Christ, who let Miguel to Christ, who got his house saved, who got his neighbor saved, then his neighbor got saved, then all of a sudden the street got saved. All because I led John to Christ. Because I let John to Christ, who let, who, let, who, 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 who let Paul to Christ, who let Miguel to Christ, who got Miguel's house saved, who got his neighbor saved, who got the street saved, and now the street goes and gets the community saved. All because I led John the Christ. Because I let John the Christ, who got Paul, who got Paul the Christ, who got Jose the Christ, who got Miguel the Christ, Miguel saved his, his neighbor, his neighbor got the street saved, then the street got the community saved, then the street got the culture saved, then the culture might get the city saved. All because I let John to Christ. Because I let John the Christ, who got Paul the Christ, who got Miguel the Christ, who got his house saved, who got his neighbor saved, who got the street saved, who got the community saved, who got the culture saved, who got the city saved, we just might save the whole world, all because I led John to Christ. Stop trying to save the world, just save John. And by saving John, it'll snowball and everyone else will get saved because you went across the street and led one person to Jesus. Here am I, he's sending you. Not to the masses, just to the one. There's only one Charles Spurgeon who's done amazing. There's only one Rick Warren. There's only one Bill Hybel. But someone told the one about Jesus. And that one did some amazing things. There's only one Papa Bell. You don't even know him, but Papa Bell mentored me. Because of one man, my whole life was changed. Stop trying to reach the masses. Just go and reach the one. When God gives you an upward vision, an inward understanding, he always gives you an outward call to tell people how amazing he is. And God could be calling you right now to tell a dying world that Christ lives. Just go and tell the person across the room, tell the one sitting at Starbucks who's always by themselves, the one who's always having a, a, a smoothie by themselves every single day. Tell them that God loves them. And who knows, you just might change the whole world. Father God, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, we pray that these amazing young people who have dreams and have visions of grandeur, but God, give them vision of just the one. If they can just reach the one, God, it will snowball and they'll reach the masses. If they can just focus on the one, God, because you said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son was one man, Christ Jesus, who died and saved us all. So God, I pray today, they will get an inner vision. They will get an upward vision. And God, please, give them an outer vision to go change this world for you, that you will be glorified, uplifted, that your name will be above all names because you are an amazing God. It's in Jesus' name to pray. 
Amen. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe, working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. We cover your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.